Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. Listening to the PB1 podcast, a seriously unserious show about the Canucks and their infamous top power play unit. Presented on the Dean Blundell Network, Ryan Hank, Ted Wong, and Bray Nurse will bring you the goods on everything Canucks and maybe the odd food take too. So sit back and enjoy the ride. We'll take good care of you. Yeah. So how do, how do you feel about how do you feel about these Canucks? Uh, like, like JT Miller, right? Yeah. Not too bad. Yeah. Wouldn't say no. No, yeah, but him and him and him and Petey look good. They look good as girls. I yeah. would not say no. Yeah, I mean Quinn. Quinn's not. I mean, mm. you know, Quinn's, Quinn needs some work. I'm a little picky on on a few of them. But. Uh, Bo Bo looks like she lifts. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. But yeah, I know. Just it's, saying. It's, it's, the, I mean, these things are hilarious. We did we did this at work for the whole like oh really management team yeah oh and uh, so are you hot? So, like I think I think so. Like I think I look pretty good. I I need yeah. to know. I need to know. Is Ted hot? Is Ted our, hot? Our boy, Would I be attracted to you? Oh man, I, I think so. Yeah, especially with the big shoulder tattoo, like I did it while I was in the tank. So it's pretty funny. Oh boy. Okay. Um. Yeah, Ferg's looks. She, he, he's got like the super wild hair. He was like in the middle of having his like half afro, so he looked yeah. like a, like he like he's like some sort of backstage rocker girl. And then like another dude had a beard, so he looked sort of like a goat. It was not that good. Oh, that's bad. That's um, bad. But yeah, there was like some of them looked really good. I thought like just hilarious. Like and ones you wouldn't expect either, right? Like when you look at when you look at Miller, you don't think to yourself like, "Oh yeah, like he's got some feminine features." And now you're thinking like, uh, uh, "I yeah. do I go public with my thoughts right now?" And then we flipped it, right? We 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 did the like all the ladies at work flipped it and did like the guy version of themselves, and it's it's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> some some decent dudes or what? You're like yeah, you're like hey, you're like you're gonna steal my girl kind of guy. Oh, interesting. Like. Yeah, interesting. So that was that was weird though. Like who decided that we needed to know what our favorite athletes look like as women and that they're hot? I think everybody should know that stuff, right? I need to now know am I going to be hot? Will, will I be uh, hot? I mean, I think your mustache will show up. So You think that you can by, by default doesn't matter how feminine your features are. I think if you have a big curly mustache it's probably like a hard pass. I mean, but it, think about it. If you saw like a super hot chick with a mustache like this, be like yeah i mean is it a deal breaker for you <laughs> yeah I, I think it's a deal breaker like <laughs> as great as the mustache like no i still gotta pass on that yeah i think that's an like an easy deal breaker like it's not a uh, it's like whoa <laughs> like great great mustache but you're a chick yeah. hey and like whatever like to each their own like we've said this before the heart wants what the heart wants <laughs> that's just not what mine wants yeah, ever <laughs> like you know that 
that's weird for me personally. So that makes sense. Uh, yeah, welcome, welcome to our show. Welcome to the PP One podcast. We're gonna get right into this. The Canucks are trash. Oh man. Um, also, hi Ted. Good to see you. Hey, hey, how are you? Um, we're hoping Brady can can get in here as well. Uh, but uh, we gotta get going. It's a, f- a special Friday PP One podcast. The Canucks. Uh, I got some thoughts. It's not good. Uh, I don't think I can wait for a 10-game or a 20-game losing streak or an iffy streak. Things are bad already. Like, bad. Like, you saw the game from last night. Wink. And, like, I had the this Thursday night football game on, and I'm watching the Canucks at the same time. Like, what game is worse? And I ended up siding with the football game as my, my viewership of choice. Because the Canucks game was getting so bad, like, I needed a break from it. I did. At me. I needed a break from the Canucks because it was too bad. And I, like, we've talked about the Canucks in ad nauseum of how bad this team has been. Where, right now, like, where does this rank for you? It's bad, right? I mean... I took the night off, right? Last night I didn't I didn't watch any hockey. I had some family in town, so you know, all the all the all the Fijians were there, so we had a big feast and stuff. So any any hockey watching that I did have to be done after the fact, after I already knew that it was a terrible, awful loss. And I just think we're at that point now where it's like, okay, it was one bad game or it was two bad games or it was like a shitty road trip or a shitty homestand. And now it's like some of its parts, right? It's starting to add up now where we're talking about four or five six seven seven eight bad seasons you sprinkle in a couple of good ones in there and it's like it's a dumpster fire right now it looks it looks really bad like even that whole game yeah was like how many times i mean i think demko only had 26 shots on him right i mean he was pacing for maybe 30 34 shots like that's not unheard of we're used to seeing this stuff but it was like everything was the guy needs to make a five alarm save it was all demko followed up by a rebound that he had to give up because he had to make a save like that because the human body isn't he's not dominic hasek no he's not and he's not you know stretch armstrong either right so follow followed up by a a man ready and waiting on a rebound no coverage there's nobody backing him up doesn't seem like there's any puck support like there is some fundamental things going on with this team that need to be corrected in a hurry um and we've been saying that for a long long time like but, i said sprinkled in with some good stuff but, but it, it was supposed to be it was supposed to be different it was supposed to be different this year like that was the big sell that was the big sell supposed to be different every year yeah but it right? that was the big sell they go and get oel they get connor garland which we're i mean excited about they go and sign jason dickinson or they traded and then signed for him like they're actually making moves jack rathbone would look like a, a for sure thing to make this team. Uh, we didn't know what's going on with Hamannick. We didn't know what's going on Furland. But overall, we believed okay, Demko's going to make a step. We're going to get PD and Hughes back to long term deals. I think Demko's made a step. Oh, he has. I, I mean, yeah. again, I'm talking about the the global bill of goods that we were sold, and now we're at a point where yeah, Demko has absolutely been unreal. Like he's. I still want to say Bubble Demko, but I mean the dude is elite. He is an elite. How about like Team USA Demko? Well, we're getting there, right? I mean, how crazy is that if he's playing on a team this bad and he's still good enough to be one of the best goaltenders in the world, like on that level? 
where you're actually almost if it's Canada US, you're like, well, Demko's a net. Maybe I cheer for USA, which is the you don't do that. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You don't do that. But I'm kind of saying. I'm kind of saying. Like, there's just there's all this sell, and we all knew too, like this wasn't a great team to begin, but at the same time we thought, okay, it can't get worse. Like there has to be, you know, some kind of progression, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think something. I think almost every year though, Ryan, maybe, maybe not last year. Last year people were like, okay, this is going to be a, a fallback year. Right. Which I was pissed about. If you remember, I was yeah. like, no, like why, why should it be a fallback year? Just because management did such a terrible job of handling its contracts and its resources. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how do you go from making a nice little playoff run to knowing you're having a fallback year? Right. That's a, jo- that's a joke, right? It should be, progression that wasn't our window when we made that playoff run right that was like an accident so you should be so now it's a fallback year so i would say that the last three or four years prior to that the you know hope hope springs eternal in the preseason people were excited about this team mm. this year people were excited about this team not last year the year before last people were excited about this team the year before that and the year before that like this hasn't really changed right so no i mean at what point, like, at what point are you on your last strike? And I don't, I don't know. When, when do you run out of lead time? Like there's, uh, I, you know, coaching is not absolved in this stuff. They're, they're, they, he's not, Travis Green is not free from, no from saying this isn't your fault, right? This, we've done so many of these, these, these takes where it was like, oh, you know, you, you haven't given Green the horses, blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, He's got some horses now. He's also got a lot of holes, right? I mean, you shouldn't be... If you're talking about Rathbone and Burroughs as your second or, sorry, third pairing, like, there's probably some issues in your defensive lineup, right? So, not to mention the fact that this team is just getting shit-kicked. Like, but, last night was a great example. Like, they were outclassed from the first minute. Oh, it was And, it, and then it gets a 3 nothing. I'm like, well, if I'm going to hold on to one thing, it's that... The three nothing lead is the worst league in hockey, and then they scored four. I'm like, okay, it's over. And then and it I just said got a couple worse. weeks ago too, right? I was like, oh, maybe this is the win, right? Maybe this is the galvanizing win, yeah, to push this team forward. And apparently not, right? No. So, it so reverted. I know, I know that as a GM, usually your get out of jail free card is to like cut ties with your coach, but like, if 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 Jim has made so many good moves over the last, you know, five, six years or whatever, and removed the Canucks from so many high end picks, right? First and second round draft picks over the years. Should this team not be competing? And if, and if green was the problem, I'm just going to theorize here because generally I like Travis green, but there's lots of things that he does that I'm not a huge fan of, but generally if you're a green fan and you can theorize that it's his fault, well, then when does it become Jim's fault for uh, putting this team together and then keeping this coach on if this coach was an issue? Because you put together a squad that theoretically is supposed to compete for a playoff spot this year, mm-hmm. and then you went ahead and put the wrong coach in place. Whoops. So so some, so something's got to give, right? I apologize. And, and I don't know how many more chances Jim and Green can be given before this team needs to be... Because if you truly believe that there's talent on this team, and I believe there is, then then where's the push? Where does the responsibility lie? 
does the responsibility lie in the architect or does the responsibility lie on the head coach or is it both? But it's, it's time for some sort of change here because it's not, it's not working. It's, it's not working. No, it's not. And I'm not one. I hate doing like the old coach thing because it, it's so easy to say, oh, just get rid of the coach. And yeah, there's probably a few guys like uh, Bruce Boudreaux would be great or Gallant. Like there, there are coaches. Oh, yeah. Gallant, Boudreaux, Balsma. There's lots of guys out there. There, there are. Sure. But is that like right now, let's, let's just say tomorrow or tonight we find out that uh, Travis Green gets canned. Okay. And then they sign one of these coaches or they have, I mean, you can't have Jason King running this team tomorrow. It probably helps. It probably helps. So that's, but like normally on a team that realistically should be better than they are, usually like maybe there's some kind of catalyst movement that, you know, that the firing and then maybe they're like, okay, guys, like clearly like the heads are going to start to roll. We might see someone get traded or whatever. So then they maybe win a few games. Now, is that, where does Benning fit on that then? And then is the team then off the hook? Uh, They're not. So like where, how good, like realistically, if things are going well, how good is this team? And if it isn't good, like if there isn't any inclination, like, yep, they can turn it around and make a legitimate push. How are as, and I saw someone post this yesterday, like the whole point of owning this team and is get to the playoffs make gate in the playoffs that's where all the extra money's made because you can only make so much money during the regular season and it's playoff gate that is where you take all that profit well they used to just swim in that they just like like a lap pool they would just jump in like scrooge mcduck scrooge mcduck and now it was so successful before and and i and i don't understand how you can as an owner go through being so successful with your franchise and understanding what it takes to have a winning record and what that recipe for success looks like. And then spend eight years languishing eight years. And then you go two seasons in a pandemic, two seasons in a pandemic, one of the longest tenured GMs in the league, probably one of the longest coaches tenured in the, in the league as well. Mm -hmm. How can you not make changes how can you not make changes if you're not seeing success? Look at the Browns. I'm just going to use this as an example because this is my team. Look at the Browns and having uh, arguably a superior talent in, in OBJ playing for them. Yeah. I'll say I'll say the OBJ that came from New York right off the bat was a superior talent. He was a little bit nicked up, all that stuff, right? Right. But but three years of being in Cleveland produced no results, right? OBJ knew it was time to go. The Cleveland Browns knew it was time to go. They tried to make it work. It wasn't working. They tried again. It wasn't working. Talent trumps talent. And it just wasn't fitting this time around. So make a change, right? Exactly. Some sort of change hasn't. It's either that. And if, if people love this team so much, and they do, and people love the talent that's on this roster, mm-hmm. and it's not Jimbo's fault, and then you got the the green crowd saying it's not Green's fault. Yeah. If, if it's not either of those guys and push can't come to shove, then when do we start moving players out? Like, yeah. Okay. You have to start talking about about making wholesale changes here. You got to start talking about making big changes because this is the other, this is the other theoretical, right? You either use the coach, you either move the GM. Heck, maybe you move both. And then and if the you talent. don't do that, that's then you the have talent. to start moving on from your talent. And there's there's all sorts of talent on this roster that I like. I I I. I but is I love it complacent? Are they complacent now? I I don't know. It's it's tough to know. It's it's tough to know with the current for- coaching format. There's there's lots of moves that that 
I, I, I love the Dickinson move. I thought it was a phenomenal move. He, the guy looks like a downright liar. Okay, I want to get into that. Center. I want to get into the Dickinson. Can we talk about that? Yeah, sure. Let's, yeah. Uh, where has Jason Dickinson been? He has. He's there. One, not really. He has I mean, one goal, he, one, four PIMS. And other than that, I haven't noticed him a whole lot. Like, he hasn't been a difference maker. I don't he's, think. He's. He's there. He's out there. He's he's skating around. He's somewhat doing his job, but he's he's horribly miscast right now as a, as an NHL three C. The guy can't win a face off to save his life. So do you bump him Inst- like four? Instantly you instantly you you lose. I don't think I'm not sure that he can be a fourth line NHL center if you're only winning like thirty percent of your draws. Like I what just, the hell do we bring this guy in for? Well, and that's what I'm. I'm I, sure he's I'm doing work throughout the neutral zone, and I'm sure he's doing work during possession and in the defensive zone. And he looks good, like he looks all right. Mm-hmm. But when you start with the puck without the puck that often, like you're bound to get your teeth kicked in. Mm-hmm. Ask Manny Malhotra why he was so decent on possession numbers, right? It's yep. pretty easy to be good in possession numbers and control play and start from the defensive zone if you win like 60% of your face-offs. Yeah. And just like that, on the other side of the scale, it's it's that easy to look terrible when you're only winning like 30-some-odd percent of your face-offs. Like, man, Dickinson, downright liability right now. Like, maybe... I mean, he's still a good player. Obviously, he could be a winger or something like that, but then you have to be looking at his like shutdown line. Who's your next center that's going to be taking draws? It's not good, Ryan. I just, like, I look at him, and I was thinking, like, I know they play essentially a different position, but it's like reliving Antoine Roussel, but the uh, what we thought was going to be the actual version of what we should have got, but at center. And I'm just, like, the, the really tough thing is, and we're not, like, a, a stat-heavy um, podcast, show, whatever, but... I mean, well, that's I, not what the show's about. No, right? but about I don't opinion. care about like the fancy stats. I don't care about the advanced stats in this case. Like, there still has to be like when things when you have to start looking at advanced stats. And again, I'm not pooing on that because I believe heavily that they are important uh, yeah, in a lot of areas. But when you start saying, "Oh, well, the guy's good in his own zone," or "the guy's doing this," or "or he's doing that," or his expected goals," what are his actual goals like? What are his actual assists like? What does he do on the power play if that's where he's supposed to be? What does he look like on the penalty kill? If the actual numbers, the statistics that we grew up with aren't even good and you have to start looking deeper than that just to say this guy is good or this guy is kind of good, that's a problem. I'll challenge you a bit on that. Like, And I'm not saying like I'm not putting all my eggs in that basket, but I'm also saying if I have to dig, and again, he may be an advanced stats darling, and I'm just looking up a natural stat trick, but if that's it, if that's the only thing that you can hang your hat on right now, like that, that worries me because then I start having to look at other guys, and then I start thinking like, oh, better, you know. When Louis Erickson, I remember writing an article on this a couple of years ago, and his advanced stats were actually really good. Like his possession well, they number, weren't, they weren't really good. Like they, they were, but they, they were, were. He was a lot better player than you know. Than his points dictated. Yeah, and then I started looking like, okay, well, there's something to hold on to, and then it just got worse and worse and worse. I'm like, that's not even true anymore. Yeah, but that's a player declining over time, right? Like, if if you tell me, we'll use Jake Furtanen as an example. Okay. Right? 18 goal Jake. Sure. And you're looking at, you know, he's say he's skating out there with like, you know, a, a 17% shooting percentage. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not attainable. 
No, it's like, unrealistic. He's got he he's got goals, but you're looking at a shooting percentage that's that's not attainable. And then you could be looking the other the other direction. You could be looking at a at a forward who's just getting an absolute shitload of shots on net, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. isn't scoring. Yep. Like obviously, when you look at those kind of numbers and you look at expected goals, you're looking at probably what the guy's producing without scoring at that very moment, right? Like you have to think that that's going to even out and tip the scale at some point, And he's going to start putting those pucks in that. Just like you're going to have to think at some point it's going to even out and Jake's going to stop shooting at a 17% clip and he's going to yeah. fall back down to earth. Mm-hmm. And when he falls back down to earth and he starts only getting five or 6%, which is very normal, say, right. Five or 6% on one to two shots a game is not going to cut it for goals. And all of a sudden you're looking at a player who, maybe now got a contract that he shouldn't have because he was scoring at a better clip than he really was. Mm-hmm. Or you're getting, you're looking at getting a deal on somebody who maybe should have been scoring at a better clip, but wasn't and was just snake bitten. Yep. So I do believe, I do believe in that sense that, that analytics are very, very important and, and they do play an important role, but we have to be able to see that to say for a guy like Dickinson, that you are still a valuable player on this roster. And I'm sure he is. And I haven't dug into the stats just yet, but right now, like eyeball test, he looks good when he's skating around out there. He looks like he handles himself in the in the neutral zone, in the defensive zone. I mean, there's no offense to really speak of, but no. we knew that. But none of that can come together unless the guy starts winning draws. So then I I look at a guy like Justin Bailey, who again statistically, you know, he's not he's not burning, but his eye test to me, he's always involved. Like he is he's noticeable. Bailey is racing down pucks. He's racing down icings um, to get there before. He's creating chances. He's mucking it up. Like, I look at a guy like him and I think, okay, you know, again, different player, different position. But if I'm looking at a guy that I still need in my lineup visually that I'm seeing make a difference, and I'm sure the coach, I mean, obviously they see different things and I'm just watching on my TV. But if I'm looking at two guys, we'll do eye test for a second and I'll look at his stats in a bit. But I test alone, I'm thinking, okay, I can see one guy is actually making a difference on the ice, both visually because I'm looking at, I'm looking at his emotion on the ice. I'm looking at what he's bringing play after play after play, and then I'm looking at Dickinson. In the last couple of games, I've been trying, and I just I don't see the dig there. And he's a guy that essentially was supposed to be mucking it up, a guy that was supposed to be getting in everybody's face and kind of, you know, being a pissant to, you know, to play against. I don't see that. And I see that in a handful of other players. And he's the guy that I think I know I was excited for to begin the season because I thought, oh, wow, we're going to get a little bit more of that, that sandpaper, not like the, you know, not the heavy enforcer look like we talked about. Just a guy that you're not going to want to enjoy playing against because he's going to make your life a nightmare. And I don't see that right now. I mean, even Bailey. I mean, I think the reason you notice Bailey is because he's big and he's fast and he skates so well. And he looks like he's making an impact out there because everything that happens is sort of happening with this level of explosiveness. But even his numbers are not that good. Like his Corsi 4 is like 27%. Like just not cutting it. Yeah, and I looked and Dickinson's at like a 53. So again... Uh, there you go. His percentage. So again, I yeah, Bailey's got the, actually the worst Corsi on the team. Um, again, so as, when you look at a guy like Dickinson, he's out there and he's doing the right things, but he's handling himself. I've said it already before. He's handling himself in the defensive zone. He's handling himself in the in the neutral zone. Not really any offense to speak of. Yeah. But like, if he could just get faceoffs sorted out, 
then it would make him that much more of a valuable player. That's why he's probably okay playing on the wing on a checking line because he can handle himself so well. Right. But who else takes the draws? There's nobody. Exactly. So they're in a they're in a. You're already relying on Bo. You're relying on Bo already. You're relying on JT Miller to take more. Obviously, PD. Like you're relying on your big three. So do you say, hey man, we're gonna cut off your faceoffs, and now we're gonna put more emphasis on the guys that are doing well. And now that eats eats into their into their um, success rate. Yeah, it eats into their success rate, and now their numbers start to dwindle because they're having to take on more more of a responsibility. Bro, I don't I don't know. But I'm pretty sure that Bo's got to be leading the league in faceoffs taken. Oh, I uh, I looked the other day. I thought he was close, but I think he was top five. But it just I I think like you look at this team, and I mean they've this been team is a mess. It's a mess, and but we've been okay with the mess for a while. At least like well, at least this is going well. At least the power play is going well. At least the penalty kill. It's all garbage. It's all That's garbage. True. You look at as far as starting the game. 12 well, the fort- second line was producing for a little while. We were seeing some continuity there with like Pearson and and Hoaglander and like seeing Pod Colson in there for a little bit. Bo's been scoring. Like we've been seeing that, but like mm-hmm. that's not the that's not the first line, guys. But then you start looking at like you start really digging. They've let in the first goal 12 of 14 games. And I mean, oh, hey, yeah. if you were a team that you just unfortunately gave up a goal or whatever and it just looked bad to start, but you know, overall you were winning games, okay, then it's just one of those stats like, wow, I can't believe we always give up the first goal for whatever, and they're, they're random reasons, right? You can get, you can think of all the reasons, like Luongo, I remember the first shot he ever faced, it went off like the backboards and like bounce off him in it, and that was a joke, like, well, they, they gave up that goal, but man, they look good overall, like overall <laughs> that, that team eventually figured things out. This team, the penalty kill is awful, like you know Unless they get just a lucky little clear out or something, the other team's going to set up, and as long as the passing's good, it's probably going to go in. Perfect example was last night. Perfect example was probably the game before and the game before that. The power play is still the same power play, and the only reason that they scored the other game and had that good night, because sometimes you're just due to score, but and it happens. Even the worst teams have good games, and right now... The Canucks are one of those worst teams, and it's. I mean, oh, perfect example crazy. that you're talking about would be that that Kale McCarr pass. Yeah, like oh. I mean, how many skates did that go through? How many sticks did that go through to find the guy backdoor after Demko made like a five alarm save? Mm-hmm. And there's just there was just nothing, nothing he could do. Mm-hmm. So like, I I just I'm like I'm borderline done. I'm I mean <laughs> I, 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 I I'm already. Bill Horvat, 336. He is 40-something more than anyone else taken. He's won 22 more than Taves. Um, he's lost three more than Barkov, 144. And his fate... Oh, I can't figure out the the one. i got to filter it. But yeah, he's... Bill Horvat is absolutely... Like, and he's killing it in the face-off circle. Well, that's like his MO. Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? But still, like, man, if you're forcing Bo to be the only guy, like, that's not good. That's not good. Man, it's, it's, 
it's not good. Like I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm never going to stop watching this team, but like I'm, 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 I've been done with Benning for a while, right? He's, he's made some fun things happen throughout the course. The Connor Garland get was great, right? I, I liked the Dickinson move. I did right? too. We, um, we got excited about that. It's and, just... and I think you, I think you buy off on stuff like that, right? But now I'm also like pretty close to being done with, with the coaching situation because the coaching isn't getting it done. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and like, man, like PD has been trash. Yeah. He's been trash. Like he's been, he's been really bad. Like we're talking about a guy who we've spoken about in many conversations that we feel like could win in our Ross. Yeah. I'm not seeing that. Like I am not seeing, you want to look at a good, he can win art right now. He can win an art contest right now. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you want to look at what this team should be. At and look no further than than the team that just handed the whipping down last 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 game. He could also win a Ross com- competition. Hi. He could he could win a, a Rachel and Rachel and Ross award. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. It's it's not it's not good. No. Man. And I don't I don't nobody has the fix from this thing obviously. But like at some point, I mean, this is your baby, right? We're talking about an owner. At some point, when does the owner step in and start making changes? Knowing how he treats real estate, I'm surprised he hasn't treated his team the same way. Yeah, I'm like I'm, ser- like, I'm not even trying to be cheeky. He's uh, mm. we, it's like we, he bought. It's like he bought Bitcoin when it was like seven grand, right? And it's just been like climbing for the last eight years, and now it's worth like you know. Now he bought it at like five bucks, and now it's worth like eighty eighty five grand or something like yeah. that per coin. Yeah. Except for I don't know where where the value keeps increasing for the Canucks right now because it doesn't look good. No, I mean you you can only make so much money off of merchandise and then there's all like the whole you saw the diwali thing about uh the jerseys 700 bucks for a few blank ones as well do you see that no so you could you could um the jerseys that they wore on diwali night last friday were auctioned off and started at 700 bucks the ones they wore more up the yellow ones they're really cool actually i thought they were I mean, really yeah they they were sharp looking but so then there was also was at the it team all going to a charity or uh, apparently after uh, our friend Arash from Pucks on Net um, did some sleuthing, they also had some uh, fifty blank ones, which were also seven hundred dollars at the team store that game, and proceeds, not all of it, went to uh, I th- was it the Punjabi market revitalization or whatever it was. Anyway, so proceeds, cool. not all of the proceeds, but seven hundred dollars for a warm-up jersey even even a style jersey like there isn't a jersey out there there isn't i wouldn't i mean i'm cheap it seems awful cash grabby but even at least like make it realistic cash grabby you know what i mean so that even at that point when you're i was just bringing up on the retail side even at that point you're like you know like i don't need to spend 40 dollars or 50 dollars on a on a brock besser t-shirt that's a little bit more than i should spend on a t-shirt like you know what I mean? Like when you and I worked in it, we were selling those things for thirty bucks, and even then, are like, wow! Like I get it. There's NHLPA licensing, but like it's not a thirty dollar T-shirt. And now they're like forty five for the exact same thing. So there's more profit. And you're thinking, okay, well, are you selling that much? You're like, I, uh, I'm doing so well on the retail side that I'm okay watching my multi million dollar hockey team poop the bed. Every single night for the last eight years, I mean, save fans, save a weekend. Even even the the most staunch Canucks supporters and the most optimistic guys, and I wish Brady was here because he's that guy on the show. 
I mean, they they have to be calling into question what's going on with this team right now. You even do. if you were a even if you were a Benning supporter, I mean, wh- how many more years do you stand by your man? Like at some point, you have to be like the, the guy is not the guy. And then you play that song if you don't stand by your man. Or maybe no, you don't, don't play that angel. song. <laughs> or a kiss from an angel. Play that oh. song. Like, standing in the next room that'd be weird sorry i'm sorry i went there i'm sorry that this took a turn i really am no you're you're, you're all good um if you're not watching on youtube you should be because you can comment you could chat with us and voice your concerns about this canucks team go over to our youtube page and uh, get in on the chat our, our thanos show uh proved that that was a lot of fun and two of the same people from that show are on this one Go figure. Um, and if I didn't say it before, we're on the Dean Blundell Network. We're happy to be here. Thanks for the spot, Dean. It's a great show. We love being here. Um, and uh, Summer Skates, thanks for partnering with us. Uh, I uh, Kevin texted me the other day. You know who's wearing Summer Skates? Making a comeback in the, the PGA Tour? He hits about exactly. 800 yards a drive. I'll give you a hint. DeChambeau. He is a Summer Skates supporter. What a beauty. Oh, yeah. He's like, you see that? Like, it's the blurriest photo I've ever seen. And I look, I'm like, yeah, that's, oh, yeah, American, that's an American like flag really on those cool. sandals. I'm like, yeah, those are summer skates. You can't mistake those. So um, Bryson DeChambeau, he knows what's up, just like the PP1 podcast. Feel free to reach out. all his best math when he's wearing his summer skates. Man, have you seen like, me golfing lately? Wind velocity. Have you seen me golfing at my house lately? Uh, I, mean, I haven't, no. You I've should. seen you golfing with me. That counts. Yeah, you should I saw go. Saw a guy actually with a weirder, a weirder swing than you today. Charles Barkley. No, it's this dude, and he, he kind of like, he, he like flicks his arm around, and then he bends his wrist all the way around. What? And like the, yeah, the back of the club is like touching the front of the ball, and then he goes like, and he just whips his wrist around like a samurai sword. Yeah, and it's very, it's very strange, and he, and he hits the ball, look clean. I'll have, I'll send it to you. Weird. Yeah, I've been watching videos because. You guys have probably seen. I've got a putting green now in my backyard, which is super cool because I uh, can't yeah, go anywhere. Cool. So we spent money on our house instead, and so I've been trying to figure out my short game. So I've been putting, uh, got my phone set up, just taping shots, just so if I get a good one, I can brag. And so I've been watching. I'm like, wow, that does look really, really weird. Um, on the cross grip, but the thing is, to me, it's super, super natural, and I couldn't hit it another way. So, what you guys see and what I have seen from a distance looks horrendous, and I get why I look crazy. But I'm figuring my game out. I've started to nail uh, a decent amount of shots on that green. I've got about, I think I'm up to about six or seven uh, chip-ins uh, from about forty feet. On- Do you ever plan on correcting your just for putting? Placement? Just for putting, I've been able to do it just for putting. Just because there's no extra power involved in that, and my putting's been pretty good too. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of fun. I was just saying, if you want to go see me on uh, Instagram when it comes to that, I my my dog has like 900 views from that. He like. Do you only do you chip in from the lawn, or do you chip in from the the turf, or what? So I got like a little mat made up from like the leftovers, and uh, so I go like right at a rock wall, which is like 45 feet away. And so I just, it's, it's got a high grass and a low grass. I just hit out of the high grass. So I don't ruin my own grass. And I just, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. My dad's like, you should do it. I'm like, well, I have this. So this is the same thing. And I don't have to worry about ruining my grass. 
Um, but yeah, I'm about 45 feet out and, uh, I've just been working on a loft the last couple of weeks and, um, getting pretty good. I, my golf game might be the best it's looked in 20 years. Um, so, so thank you uh, to KDT landscaping <laughs> for, for helping. They're never going to see our show. So I'll just say thank you. Um, a couple things, a couple things, and then we can get back to some Canucks talk. Cause it, we've been a bit of a Debbie downer, but. I mean, rightfully so. This team has been freaking down. We always seem to our our pods line up after just like a whipping. Yeah, is what seems to happen. Or really good and like like here's all the things that are going well. They're not going well right now. Um, we've talked start about talking about Abbotsford, I think, or something like that. We maybe. might need to, yeah, and their jerseys. Um, we've talked about mashed potatoes ad nauseum on the show. Um, extremely average. Extremely average. average. But um, there's another kind of potato making waves in the, the social universe. Um, good friends of the show, good friends of my stomach and uh, my taste buds, Arby's, is coming out with an extremely limited run of curly fries and regular fries, vodka. And I am so here for this. I mean, potatoes, vodka. It's not. Sorry, you're here for Arby's but vodka? Absolutely, I am. I'm never going to get my hands on it because it's only available in the States. And even if I tried, it'd probably cost me like $300 for a bottle. Like, I don't know why. Like, But like, <sighs> there's a part of you, you've had the Arby's curly fries. I know you have. Yeah, I love them. They're great. So there's a part of you thinking like, it, they wouldn't make it to taste bad. Right? Man. I right? I, I don't, I'm not with you on this, Ryan. I feel like I, you need to I, be. I don't, I don't, I don't think I support any fast food chain trying to make like high end liqueur or mm. liquor okay. or spirits or anything mm. like that. Not even Arby's. No, no. Do they bring the meats though? Maybe if somebody said like, "Oh, uh, we've got vodka flavored like uh, Oreo Blizzard." <laughs> okay. But if, but if it was but if it was Dairy Queen making it, no way. Well, like our okay, Arby's isn't making it. They're partnering with a vodka company. I should clarify if like that that if would the, be if ridiculous. The, if the vodka company is like Schmirnoff, I'm still out. Okay, that's you're entitled to an opinion. It's wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> that's wrong. I mean, it's neat, yeah, but it's like should no, they? I, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's like one of those things. No one asked if or if they could, or it should have been if they should. So, yeah, I, like <laughs> we we've got a good thing going with our horsey sauce and RV sauce. Like I was thinking about expanding into vodka. Exactly, this is where things need to be. <laughs> <laughs> I just I saw it. I'm thinking, yes, I like your sweatshirts that you've come out with, and you've still not gifted me one Arby's, and yet I need this vodka in my life because you know it's going to come out. And there's going to be the like first Arby's, Arby's sweatshirts. You're, you're like a have, little bit upset. You're not repping Arby's gear. Haven't you seen the meat sweatshirt that they have? And there's a meat sweatsuit. It's like all like it's it's so awfully amazing. I mean, that's like it's it's kind of smart. I'll give them that. Meat and it's on par for my brand personally. Have you, you've seen the, the the KFC Twitter thing, right? Probably. Like so. Oh, the like, the following. KFC, K- KFC is following yeah, yeah, seven yeah. guys named Herb and, and, and the Spice Girls. All of the Spice Girls, like yeah. that's that's I, I I'm down for that's that. clever. I like that stuff. That's clever. Yeah, I like the clever stuff. Speaking of clever stuff, the Colorado Avalanche using the Mario 
big. They've been doing that for a couple of years, but it, they reminded me of it yesterday. Yeah, that's really smart. I'm all for that stuff. I wish I wish the Canucks were a little bit smarter with that. Stuff. They used to be. You know who's really good at it is Dallas. Yeah, Dallas, Dallas stars. knows what's up. Tweet groups. Vegas knows what's up. Oh, absolutely. Carolina knows what's up. I think Vegas does that too. I think they do the power up. I'm pretty sure. What do you call it? Power up? Do you call it or big? Big. They they do big. Just go get big. Mm, I'm already big. I'm already big. Thinking about those Arby's uh, vodkas. Hey oh, hey oh. Um, Okay. Well, enough fun's been had. I wanted to get. I mean, it's you and me, so I got a few things. We've gone through a lot of them. Let's uh, maybe do a little bit of. Uh, I got one thing. Okay, so this is just popping up on Twitter now. So I, I posted my sort of annual uh, Christmas movie thing, right? Right. Where you can you 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 see the list of of Christmas movies, you can only pick three, right? Okay. And it's like it's like. Say it louder for you the know, people. Nas- in the back. National Lampoons, <laughs> Christmas Vacation, right? I mean, there's the I can't remember the other one with the train. That's 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 not. Oh, uh, yeah, that one. Polar right, Express. Polar Elf, Express. Polar Express. Polar Express. Yeah. Elf. Uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth. Rudolph. Uh, Christmas Story. Home Alone. Uh, you're looking at the the it's new a wonderful version life. of Grinch. Yeah. Santa Claus. It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Die Hard. Yeah. And Charlie Brown Christmas Tree. Okay. And it's like you can only pick three. I'm looking at it. So, yeah. so naturally, mine was you can't go any better than Chevy Chase, my opinion. Obviously, okay. yeah. Number two's got to be Elf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And number three was it was tough. Number three, I, I picked Home Alone. Okay. Yep. But like you know, uh, like the Grinch and and Die Hard are up there for me. See, and so then it, it then has to it be old out, Grinch. It can't be new Grinch. I, and I like them both. Oh, I like them but both. And it comes out in conversation. Guys, sorry, this list is incomplete. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. So are you of the opinion that Die Hard is a Christmas movie or nah? So here's the thing. I've been on shows before. I was on Kids in the Escalator last year when we were talking about Christmas movies. And I joked, I'm like, well, Step Brothers, obviously. Because there's like a half Christmas scene in there. It doesn't make it a Christmas movie. Die Hard, just because it happened at Christmas, doesn't make it a Christmas movie. All these other movies are based on the event of Christmas. Just because something happens in December or that you see, oh, there's a Christmas tree, doesn't make it Christmas. Let's go through this quickly. Um, National Lampoon's Vacation, or this Christmas Vacation, right? It's got, a, it's got its name in it. Polar Express. It's all about Christmas. They're going to meet Santa Claus. Elf. About Christmas. Uh, Miracle on 34th. It's about Santa Claus going on trial. Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, I heard he's a deer that has a red nose that hangs out with Santa at Christmas. What was the next one? Number six. Who's the nerdy kid? I haven't seen that one. <laughs> That's a Christmas story. Christmas story. It's in the name. Home Alone. <laughs> They're all at Christmas. His family's awful, but they're all at Christmas. If you've seen one, it's at Christmas. It's a Christmas movie. It ends on Christmas morning, both times. Presents, the big tree, the hotel, or back in Chicago, Christmas movie. Grinch turns into Santa Claus, Christmas. Um, The Santa Claus, it's in the name, it's at Christmas. Uh, It's a wonderful life. Again, I've probably seen a bit of that, but it's about Christmas. Charlie Brown, Christmas. Die Hard, there's nothing Christmas about it other than the fact that there is Christmas 
kind of happening. Both of them. I heard one and two were, were set during Christmas, trying to get home for Christmas, but fucking Nakatomi in, Plaza. In the... It's... it's No, it's just... It's not Christmas. Whatever. And you it's... Know what? People are ridiculous. This is, this is very Arby's vodka that I'm having right now, and I don't like it. So wait, so you're saying that it is a Christmas movie? I think it's a Christmas movie, yeah. Are you I just think trying it's more to... of a Christmas movie than, say, Gremlins. All right. Even though Gremlins, they were wearing Christmas hats. Oh, no, he was wearing a Christmas hat in one of these, wasn't he? Anyways, I think it's an interesting post. So I'm going to post a poll up here later, so when you can get on and vote, we'll be curious to see what this one ranks out as. I, I think it's going to pass as a Christmas movie. I think it's going to win out. I think, well, like, we know this comes up every year. Like, do you believe this? If we went off air, you just, like, random just want to be the devil's advocate. Do you believe this in your heart of hearts? I mean, I guess the first time I watched it was Christmas. <laughs> So I associate it as a Christmas movie. Get out of here. I identify identify as as a Rastafarian. Pastafarian. Uh, Pastafarian. I like you, though. You're still my buddy, and that's fine. A couple final things. Hey, if you can believe that the Earth is flat, you can go ahead and think that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. What was that? I have no (laughs) idea. Was that on your house or mine? That's not my house. Oh, boy. I feel like I'm going to be in trouble at some point. Oh boy, um, Connor Garland is he Beauty. like the best thing going for this team aside from Thatcher Demko right now? Uh, yeah, I'd say it's he and Thatcher. I mean, like, with a, maybe a, maybe a dose of Bow and Hoaglander. Like his spinoramas, his little pirouettes, his like fake backs, fake forward, fake back again. I like the things. He's very Connor Banks right now. Oh, the things he's doing. He's very Adam Banks. He's the things he's doing on the ice are just like they're magic like i they're majestic <laughs> they really are like he's bringing a beauty to the sport that we have not seen since our forefathers um pavel bure and timu solani and even then they didn't make it look that pretty they're whoa 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 the beauty the part phone. not the talent part <laughs> the same beauty as timu and pav that's like, right ugh. that's right i just, think it's just been a long time since you've seen those guys play ryan it probably I'll, has. I'll, I'll let you take that back. Okay, I'm going to wheel it back, and I'm going to use, um, I don't know, he just, the way he moves away from defenders, the way he just does his little spins and stuff, that's hard to do with shoes. And he's doing it in skates around professional athletes, and he makes it look easy, and then he creates space. Like, Quinn Hughes isn't even doing it that nicely. And Quinn Hughes does oh, yeah, pretty, looks good, yeah. Quinn Hughes, does a pretty good job. So I'm just saying, like, I, I am all here for uh, Connor Garland. I don't even think we're going to do a dudes and guys this week because everyone's... Well, there's a, no dudes. I mean, we've there's, already there's named... no dudes on this team. We've named the two, basically. I, I After that loss, I can't even say that Connor Garland was a dude. He, That's also after fair. After that game. That's also fair. So everyone's a guy. Um, I don't know. And we've talked about, like, shaking it up. Should they be shaking it up? Uh, I don't know. Like, it's... This team is just, like, it's so freaking frustrating because, I mean, look at this. I'm wearing this in honor of, of the Canucks today. Dana Mersion <laughs> getting punched in the face by, or no, it wasn't, was it Dana? Yeah, it was. Getting punched by Wayne. How would you like Jersey. to be Dana Mersion? Like, you're the guy that got punched in the face by Wayne. And he's on a t-shirt. I mean, he had some good times. He did. Did Dana Mersion have good times? Probably. Yeah, I guess he had some good times. I mean, he played NHL hockey and he got paid like it, so... Yeah, that's true. He's probably doing better than you and I. Oh, that's a fact. Most likely. Um, yeah. So we mentioned, uh, yeah, we're not going to do dudes and guys this week. I would like to get a shout out to our 
our sponsor legally next week, uh, Manscaped. If you mm. didn't know and you hadn't seen us on Twitter already, Manscaped is going to be um, trimming away the bad stuff from our podcast and uh, making sure we're nice and clean, nice and you know we're going to be the largest podcast mm-hmm. out there. It's a lot. It's it's a lot like 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 yard maintenance, right? And mm-hmm. you have this nice this this nice deck, and you want to be able to show it off and. And you got a bunch of shrubbery that comes up during the spring, and you want to be able to shave the bushes around your deck to make it look bigger. And you want to be able to have house parties on it, and you want to be able to have a good time. And you can't do that if you, if your deck is like full of full of bush and shrubbery, right? Yeah. You got to take care of that. You got to make it look nice. I'm all about these house parties you speak of. Um, I I don't know if you got your package, and again, we'll get into it more next week. But I I. I I did, yeah. I got so I went like all out. I'm like I gotta. I had been waiting because I knew it was coming. I've been waiting, so I freaking open this box. I'm like, all right, we're getting this baby charged up. We're going to freaking town. We're going like I'm a hairy mess, as you all know, and I'm freaking like let's let's freaking go flying V. Let's go, let's bushwhack. Let's go, you know, let's let's get this done. The thing's amazing. It's got a light on it. Not like you need to use in the dark, but you know what? When you're looking, like maybe you got an ingrown hair down there. You don't know, like. Sometimes we neglect, we neglect the shrubbery, we neglect uh, the the tree, and uh, sometimes it's it's good. It's it's technical. It's it's safe to use. Um, there's a cool pair of boxers in there. Basically, work like uh, some of the cool brands that are out there. So you get mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of swag as well. And then low key, low key, the deodorant and the revitalizer. Though, and I'm getting there. That. So that's yeah. so. First of all, the revitalizer you're going to enjoy it the second time because the first time it, it does some things for you. It gets, it gets you to a place. So I, I will leave it at that for this week. Let's just say it, it works very well in the tingly area. So, um, But the, the crop preserver, the, the, the ball deodorant, um, this is a game changer for me because I've never really done that. I've I brought up with uh, Old Spice and a few of the other ones like oh yeah you can we want you use it everywhere you know what Manscaped you guys get it like you put that stuff on you're like I'm good to go I'm good to go there will be no chafing today I can be wearing jeans I can be wearing sweatpants I can be wearing whatever I am freaking Golden Axe I am you know freaking Sega Genesis down there Golden Axe yeah I'm freaking Sega Genesis I'm going for it I'm NBA Jam he's heating up. No, he's not heating up. Things are nice and clean, nice and cool down there. Um, I feel like more companies should have been figuring this thing out because Manscaped, you got a good thing going. So hey, they know what's up. If you, they, they, you know what, and if you do it right, you'll know what's up. Instead of you know, it's kind of a mess down there. So make sure you go to Manscaped.com, enter PP20 because uh, if you're on the PP1 podcast, you know PP's helping PP's basically is how we're going to look at this. Uh, PP20, get twenty percent off at checkout. I think they've even got another deal going on right now. So you can like max out and just freaking scape the man, man the scape. That was more of a promo than than I think they were looking for. But this is a free one because I feel so good about what they've offered us. And I think more people need to get in on this because uh, I've been hearing these promo codes. I've been hearing these ads and all the podcasts. And I thought there's got to be something to this if everybody wants to be involved. We're involved. Frick, I'm so happy. Like, Things are going well in uh, in the scaping business over at uh, the Hank House, and I'm I'm quite all here for it. So um, that that's my two cents for Manscaped. I don't know uh, if you're going to be as forthcoming 
but uh, uh, I mean, it's quite simple, really. Just it trims your nuts. Manscape, your balls will thank you. They do, and it's weird because one of mine thanked me. I'm like, that's weird. They've never talked before, so maybe it's like one of those. Uh, it's like a magic potion. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, um, we've had a lot of fun. It is Friday, so I want to get. I want to let you go. Uh, I got to order some food, keep apparently whatever the heck's going on upstairs in check. Any final words for our listeners or viewers of the PP1 podcast, Ted? Just sort it out. And like whoever you are, if you're a Canucks fan and you're a Benning guy or you're you're pro-Benning or you're not Benning or you're pro-Green or you're not pro-Green or you support Aquilini, I don't know any of those guys, but... Like, just give it a long look and be serious. Do you think that this is the team that can do something? Or do you think that major changes need to be made and, like, be realistic? Where do these changes need to be coming from? Because I'd be curious to know where. I think we need to get in on that. I think we need to post that. Because, yeah, where are these changes coming from? There's so many mm-hmm. There's so many things. But if they all happen, then what? Then what? We need. To, there needs to be a game plan. That's all I'm saying as well. You know? You know. So on behalf of Ted, I'm Ryan. Brady is here in spirit. This is the PP1 podcast. I believe we just deconstructed the Vancouver Canucks. Enjoy your weekend. Peace out. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.